you hear the name Jesus, what comes to mind? Do you think of a certain religion or a good teacher? Perhaps you think of the Last Supper painting or a certain preacher you've heard. It is easy for all of us to picture Jesus in our own way, but is the Jesus we're picturing really who Jesus is? The goal of this podcast is to help people know Jesus through the Bible. Welcome to the Jesus Table Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome. We are starting a new series today, uh, kind of a short one than the other one that we we did for twenty episodes. This one we're going to focusing we're going to be focusing on what it means to follow Jesus, um, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We always say that we are followers of Christ. We're followers of the way, but what does that mean? What does that um, kind of demand from us? And what what can we learn from Scripture when um, when people were following Jesus? So. Um, yeah, Dr. Nick, well, we've, we already talked about this a few episodes back and when we were talking about Nathaniel, but um, I have here that we wanted to start today kind of understanding the educational system of Jesus' right. day so we can get a picture of what it meant to be a rabbi and a disciple. So, um, yeah, I don't know, take it away. <laughs> well, the passage, we're gonna, it's funny, as we were discussing previously, but um, this really is an anti-climatic, anti-discipleship passage that we're going to be looking at, <laughs> if I can say that, because um, as, as we, go, we go through the passage, here you have three different people, but all of them claimed or wanted to follow Jesus, but at the end they never did, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be discussing all of that uh, here in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 9, of verse 57 to the end of the chapter, but it's, it's really worthwhile looking at this passage because here you have three, three disciples or possible disciples, candidates, that uh, want to follow Jesus, you know. And then Jesus sort of lays down the law a little bit in the sense of, of saying, hey, this is what it takes. And you see how they all backpedal really at the end. So yeah, like, uh, these are the requirements. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, and it's very easy to say, you know, when we're in a in a tough spot or in a jam uh, to say, hey, you know, God, here I am, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. You know, I'll follow you, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden the Lord does his wonderful work in us and we kind of forget. And uh, I think these um, three possible or candidates uh, we'll, we'll see. And I think it's also very helpful for us to understand, you mentioned the educational system, you know, the uh, what it meant to be a follower of a rabbi, because of course, uh, Jesus was a rabbi, and, and they refer to him as rabbi here in the passage, but it's it's not just going for a walk with Jesus. It's not just, mm. hey, uh, Lord, I'm, I'm going to hang out with you for a while. You know, you're really lucky that I got two weeks vacation and I'm going to have a little retreat with you, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it really required a lot. And if you want, Elliot, why don't you just read the passage and we'll we'll dive into it, okay? Yeah, so it's Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 57. Verse 57 to, to the end, I believe, yeah. Yeah, it says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, 
The foxes have holes and the birds have the air the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So there's three really quick um, potential disciples, yeah. like you said, um, yeah. and ca or candidates, and they kind of... Uh, well, we don't know what happened after the, those little quick uh, conversations, but they kind of don't become disciples, I think, you know, or that's what exactly, it seems like Jesus right. at least uh, is challenging them in terms right. of what it's going to take to follow him truly. Wow. Yeah. And uh, as, as we mentioned, I mean, to follow, um, to follow a rabbi, it really meant that not only did you follow him, but you were to become like him, you know. Hmm. Uh, and we see this very clearly in the Gospels. You know, they they walked with Jesus. Uh, they 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 hung out with Jesus. They traveled with Jesus. It wasn't you know the educational system wasn't just uh, well I'm going to go to class and this week I'm not going to go to class. I mean it was a major mm. commitment. It was a major yeah. commitment. It wasn't like and, following uh, someone on social media. You know, exactly. <laughs> you Facebook him today and then, you know, yeah. two weeks from now, you know, you, oh, by the way, yeah, let me see how he's doing or she's doing. But uh, it was a major commitment and um, hmm. it was a major commitment not only to the rabbi, but also to study, uh, to learn from uh, life situations and living life situations with the rabbi. So um, it's it's just, and of course, all of these all of these uh, candidates, I'm sure, knew what that entailed, hmm. you know, um, because it meant a, a major commitment. And we know that uh, usually a person, this this part, what they call Beth Talmud, or the house of the Talmud, Beth in Hebrew means house, house of the Talmud was, was the longest period of education, really, uh, probably since they were 15, 16 years old till they were 30, more or less about 30 years old, you became a rabbi. So we're talking about 14, 15, 16 years of uh, being with a rabbi. And of course, um, you know, it wasn't, it's like graduating from Harvard today or Oxford or some of those major institutions. So that there were different levels of rabbi. And uh, Jesus was a popular rabbi, we know, and he was becoming much more popular, you know. So uh, we see it was really, I, I would say, a big deal to call yourself a disciple of Jesus, you know? It's like saying today that you studied, you know, at any of the major worldwide universities that everybody's very familiar with. Mm -hmm. You know, you say Stanford or you say Oxford or whatever it be, you know? Mm -hmm. People say, wow, you Harvard, you know, you studied there. So... Uh, here we see three candidates, and uh, obviously Jesus challenges them, and that's that's really the word. And it's yeah. it's really Jesus saying to them, "You got to count the cost. Are you really mm -hmm. willing?" And normally, what happened was it was the rabbi who picked uh, the candidates. If he would see somebody would be uh, a good candidate, you know, and up to the challenge, uh, the rabbi would go to that person, you know. But here we see the opposite. Some of them 
sort of come up to Jesus and say, hey, I'm going to follow you. The first candidate, if I remember, yeah, it's, it's curious. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. You know, mm. I mean, no holds barred. Jesus, I'm with you. You know, that kind of thing. And then uh, yeah. Jesus challenges them. I mean, big time he says, hey, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nets. But the Son of Man, referring, of course, to himself, has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, he says, hey, I don't have big, uh, a big house. I don't have, you know, all this wealth, etc. Are you really willing Hmm. Uh, to follow and pay the price, you know, yeah. and, and many times in ministry, I mean, you, 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 you have to realize that there are sacrifices to following Jesus, and that's something that we need to be very much aware of. Uh, that there's a price to pay. There's always a price to pay to follow the Lord. You know, yeah, I mean, it's like he submitted his application, right? To, to right. This yeah. University, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, yeah. To study under Jesus, to for him to be right. his rabbi. Um, but there is a certain level of commitment that Jesus is requiring right. for that. Like, okay, if you're serious, just let me warn you up front what's going to what's going exactly. to come. And I like that because sometimes I believe as Christians, many have um, tried to share the yeah. gospel. Like, um, I know it's a, kind of a harsh way of saying it, but some say like a car salesman, you know, where we try to... Yeah hide right. what the the negative things or the, the the broken parts of the car yeah. and we just try to show you how good the car is and try to convince you to make a decision real quick and sign here but jesus di didn't approach it like that when he already people wanted to follow him he was saying straight up um yeah. the pros and cons if you will the saying this is what's going to cost you but but it's going to be worth it in the end you know um and if if you know now that you mentioned that elliot and if i may just add this to what you're saying there was a moment when uh, Jesus uh, multiplied the loaves and the fishes, you know, and uh, he challenged the disciples also, not only the people that were there, you know, but uh, he challenged the disciples and he said, do you guys also want to go? You know, mm -hmm. so I mean, Jesus, you know, sometimes we portray him as this lovey-dovey, real nice guy, sweet, you know, uh, but there were times that Jesus was firm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there were not only with the Pharisees and some of the religious leaders, but even with his own, uh, you know, the 12, let's say, the more intimate group. He would, he would, you know, he would call them out on the carpet if it needed to be done uh, to make sure that uh, they understood the cost. And, it, and it's very true. Following Jesus, it requires um, dying to self, our desires. It's, it's a total surrender. It's uh, it's more than just, you know, raising your hand. And I'm not against evangelism, you know, or anything like that. But it's more than just raising your hand and going forward and, and having a little, a uh, friend of mine says, insurance policy that you don't get burned in hell, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's, it's much more than that. It's a lifestyle. It's transformation. It's walking with. It's learning from. So, uh, and we know when we realize we're saved by grace, you know, because some people could say, oh, that sounds like works. But our works do reflect, do reflect what we really believe, right. you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I think Jesus was sort of communicating to them here. Yeah. That's good. So, well, before we go to the second candidate here, um, you yeah. mentioned Bet Talmud, which was... Um, which was this? It was right. uh, Talmud. Um, does, I have it here. Does that mean learning? Um, does it's, that it's, mean discipling? It's, it's, the Talmud is. It was was a commentary on scripture. It 
after okay. after Jesus, there there are two major Talmuds, if I remember correctly. Uh, there's the Babylonian and the Jerusalem Talmud, and it was roughly the second century, uh, first century, second century till the fourth or fifth, where they codified or codified uh, the sayings of the rabbis. You know, okay. and uh, it, it's 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 important to realize that. Uh, you not only were with the rabbi, but you, your goal, your ultimate goal was to be like your rabbi, okay. you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah. And, then and it was an years. intense time, approximately, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. from 15 to 30, so that's longer than any university well, program that I've heard oh, yeah, of, well, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, maybe it's, doctors. it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, just think, uh, getting a bachelor's, roughly you're talking about 15 years of education. You know, I mean, first grade to eighth grade, then high school gotcha. is another four, and another four. That's you know roughly what it would, all the education requires for you to get a bachelor's today. You know, some people right. do it in less, others more, but it was a very intense time uh, of of training at all levels. And usually, yeah. you know, the rabbis, most of many of them, many of them, uh, knew the scriptures by memory. You know, the Pharisees were known for that. You know, we're talking about two-thirds of our modern-day Bible. Uh, they had committed, um, they had it committed to their, you know, to memorizing and knowing it. So that's why Jesus, you know, it, it's fascinating when, when you look at, you know, Jesus was, you have heard, you know. Mm. As and it is written. As it is written, exactly, you know. And, uh, with, you know, and sometimes people say, well, why didn't Jesus finish the phrase? Because the public knew, but you know, no, especially yeah. in synagogues. And if he was teaching, you know, his disciples, they they were expected to know. Let's put it like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, they knew what was the verse that came before and after and the whole setting, you know. Yeah. And we we miss that a lot of times if not we're not aware of that. Uh, yeah. Just reading the scripture. You know, because right, right now we have, you know, chapters and verses so we can say, right. Oh, Psalm 69 says yeah. this or whatever. Um, but at the time, Jesus would just they would say, oh, no. like this is written, you know, right. and just quote one verse from that Psalm. And everyone would That's know, right. Oh, I know what you're oh, yeah. talking about. I know yeah, what yeah. passage of exactly. Isaiah that is. Yep. So um, that's crazy that they would have that memorized. I mean, I guess. Mm it's hard for us to picture that right now because we just have everything so easily accessible through sure. platforms and all this stuff. But if I guess if I were to think of all the songs we have memorized, all the movie quotes and lines we have memorized, right. all the like, and just have replaced all that with uh, scripture, you know, like our mind is capable of that. We just don't push ourselves oh, yeah. to that limit anymore. Exactly. That's, that's crazy. Okay. And so you that know, was yeshiva, the, the yeshiva today, modern day yeshiva is uh, the equivalent to, let's say, uh, a rabbinic school, especially to learn scriptures, and uh, I've been to Israel and I've I've seen uh, at yeshivas, you know, you have these young boys just spitting out uh, left and right, seriously, just quoting scripture from all over, you know. So it's it's a tradition that that it is still followed today, you know. That's it's so cool. uh, still followed today. Some it's amazing what some of those young young children, you know, young children know and memorize, you know, so, uh, yeah. and you see that, you see that, you know. That is crazy. Um, yeah. Okay, so that was the Bet Talmud, and they started when they were about 15 years old, all the way till they were 30, and then they would have the chance to become rabbis themselves if they did a good right. job. Right, and that Before was the elite that, of the elite. 
Right. This you is know? the elite of the elite who came out right. of, how do you pronounce that? Bet Midrash? Is that right? Med, med, med Midrash, right. Midrash. And that was usually okay. up to about 13 years old, 14 years old. Okay, so that and, was like uh, middle school, <laughs> yeah, per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can sort of say that to a degree. And okay. uh, Beth Safair was usually when they were about five, six years old, till about they were 11, 12, 13, you okay. know. And so that's, like uh, that's with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> elementary school, Beth Safair. Okay. Yeah. And uh, many times, you know, uh, they would learn scripture if they had a synagogue close by. They would learn the scripture at the synagogue. But if not, it was in their home. And the expectations were that the father would be the one to. Uh, to uh, really lead them in, in learning scripture and all the things. And we get that very clearly from Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is the Shema. If you want to just even, you know, uh, look at it for a second, Elliot, we can do that. You know, yeah. the expectations of, uh, of the father uh, of the household, he was, to, uh, he was to be really the head in the sense of the spiritual head, the guide and uh, nurture the family according to scriptures. Yeah, here I have it, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. Um, These words which I am commanding you today shall be yeah. on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them. And when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind right. them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So just get to know the word. Put it everywhere. Put it on your hand, on your exactly, forehead. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, yeah. and it was the father's responsibility to do that in his household. That's, yeah. that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, that, that's why, you know, if we look at this, the surrounding background to all of this, uh, it, I think it really helps us to understand this passage when they were asking to become disciples or followers of Jesus here. Yeah. You know, the implications of all of that. Yeah, exactly. these are people who already knew the scriptures very well. They had been through, so Betsafer, probably from their elementary school, which right. they're memorizing the Torah from the time they were five, right. either with a, their father right. or at a synagogue. Then Bed Midrash, um, for the more gifted students, starting at 12, 13. And they're, right. they're understanding and applying the Torah. Um, mm -hmm. And then the, only the best of the best at age 15 about could find yeah. a rabbi. And depending exactly. on, there's different types of rabbis. There's some that are better than others or more popular. Exactly. And so here are people who've probably been through all of this. They have a lot of the Old Testament already memorized. They've showed themselves approved and they yeah. think that they're qualified enough to say, Hey, Jesus, I think I, yep. I could be your, I can, I could be your disciple. Yeah. Um, I can hang with cool. you. <laughs> yeah, I can. I want to apply for Harvard. You know, here's my application. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, consider my SAT scores and everything. So, okay, that th that does give us a bit more of a context here. So, we saw we said to the first candidate real quickly. He says, you know, yeah. there's a level of commitment. Just beware. Right. This this life you're wanting with me, it may not look as luxurious yeah. as you might want or expect. Yep. Cool. And then here in the next one, he says, this first. And here we see Jesus calling him. Right. Yeah. Here's I'm one that Jesus, Jesus yeah. invited. Yeah, correct. Yeah. He said to another, follow me. So here's Jesus inviting him. Hey, follow me. Be my disciple. 
But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Mm -hmm. allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. So he wants to go bury his father. Does that mean like wait till his father passes away? Does that mean the father had already passed away and he just wants to go bury him? Is it unclear? That's a real great question. That's a real, you know, because again, if we don't know or understand some of the background, it almost sounds like Jesus is a tough cookie here, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, and nope. he just sort of says, "Hey, dude, you know, I mean, leave it all for me." I mean, really sounds like very harsh words, but you know, the burial when it when it talks about burial here, it wasn't only like, for example, here in in the Western world, usually burials last, you know, a couple of days. You know, you have uh, the viewing, and you know, depending on the culture. You yeah. know, but uh, and the nation, but you have the viewing, and two or three days later, then there, there's there, there's the burial. But first century Israel, it wasn't like that. Uh, you would have the mourning period, which would be roughly about the first week, you know, okay. and uh, the family, if if they, if they were pretty well off, uh, they would go to a tomb, and the tomb had sort of different chambers, you know, where the family would go there to mourn. You know, hmm. but then at a year, a year after that, the family would come together again, and uh, they would, you know, of course, the the body was decomposed, and uh, once the body was decomposed, they would take the bones and put it in an ossuary, if I remember, that's the word, an ossuary, which is sort of like a little box with the bones, you know. Okay. So it wasn't just, you know. Uh, I'm going to go bury my father, I'll see you, Jesus, you know, and I'll be back in two or three days. No, I say, you know, sort of kiddingly, tongue-in-cheek, but it was a very, uh, it, it lasted for a while. And I think here Jesus, again, is talking about priorities, you know, hmm. because, uh, you know, following Jesus is like uh, I mentioned at the beginning, it's not a walk, you know, it's not just a hanging out. Well, I'm sort of tired, you know, so now I'm going to go find something else to do with something else. I mean, it requires total commitment. And that's why this yeah. whole series that we're doing, this new series, Elliot, uh, we're, we're really looking at what it means to follow Jesus, not only the first mm-hmm. century, but uh, today, you know. Yeah. He continues to be the same Jesus. He continues to be Lord. You know, he yeah. continues to be the one that, like here, he says, follow me, you know. So, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and we need to have that same priority of that same level of commitment and show the same level of importance. That's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I like that he at least he shoots straight. He's not like those lawyers that throw a little, um, you know, um, small letter print, all the consequences that yeah. may happen. He just upfront, he's, he's straight yeah. up with them and he tells them, Hey, yes, but you need to prioritize this. This needs to be exactly number one in your life. Um, that's great. So let's look at the last one real quick before we finish out. Um, yep. Verse 61, he says, Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So <laughs> this one's even more harsh. You know, He's not saying, okay, the whole process of burial, I get that. He's like, let me just say goodbye. And Jesus <laughs> says, nope. So, um, you know, this one's like, an even more intense say of you need to take this seriously you know exactly um there's no looking back after you follow jesus right. and um yeah. that that um that's 
that's kind of strong. And I, I think we can see that even throughout the, the whole scripture. There's different examples of that, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's all a matter of priority and, you know, the mm -hmm. seriousness of following Jesus. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, you use the illustration of we try to be like a salesman, you know, as far as Jesus. Come to Jesus. Uh, and I don't want to minimize the need for being born again or anything like that. But it's not just, like I, I've said a number of times, it's not just raising your hand or going forward or saying yes to Jesus. And then, you know, two, three days later, you sort of wake up, ah, I don't think so. Uh, it requires a full commitment, a full surrender. And uh, this is what the expectations. This is, yeah. I mean, this is what discipleship is really all about. Uh, yeah. Full commitment to Jesus Christ, to his cause, a learning, a maturing. And uh, it's, it's not an easy road, but God's grace can sustain us in all of this. And it's, um, as you and I have mentioned many times, it's a dying to self. The Apostle yeah. Paul. You know, we looked at Paul recently, you know, when he had his encounter with Jesus and how he was just sold out totally, totally yeah. to Jesus, you know. And it cost him everything that he had. Everything that he had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good. The, 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 I was trying to think of another story that reminded me of, and it's uh, also kind of like Lot's wife or when she's, uh, right. she's exactly. leaving um, Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. and the angel, right. I think, tells him, do not look back, and she does, and she's exactly. just all, you know, there's that picture mm -hmm. of whenever you go, it's over, you're, and right. there's so much of that in Romans, right, you're, you're, you're mm -hmm. no longer a slave to sin, but now you're a slave to righteousness, you're dead to yourself, and you're alive in Christ, I'm no longer, uh, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in, right. in Galatians 2.20, and all those verses, it's, and there's this passage where Jesus um, says, um, you know, consider this before, just like anyone considering before he buys a, starts uh, building a new structure, uh, yeah. a building, um, he considers the cost. And so right. it's that invitation. I don't think Jesus is trying to be harsh with them, you know, or turn no. down their application, but he's just trying to uh, really say, like, if you're in, it's 100% and there's no lukewarm exactly. of Christians. Yeah. And it's been sad seeing that just personally that there's, there have been a lot of people who've started off right they started off yep. with a lot of passion or a lot of fire um and and it died out sometimes it died out quickly yeah. and it's sad to see yeah. and i wonder how much of that has been because we haven't been straight up just like jesus of what this yeah. life uh, looks like what it means to follow him yeah um, with everything yeah. and you know jesus always wants us to uh to succeed but yeah. there is a cost there is a cost and he wants to make sure we're aware of that yeah, and like you said, it's by His grace that He's even going to be with yep. us, no matter the cost, no matter how hard it is. That he's exactly. With us. Well, well, <laughs> well, that was a good. I think start to this little series. Um, there's obviously more we want to get to, but we'll continue this in our in our next episode. I think that was a very uh, convicting little passage, you know, for us all to <laughs> even my life. Just a, a good reminder, you know, it's not about yeah. me living my. Uh, the, the my dream <laughs> yes you know my dream and like us uh, enjoying uh my uh vision of whatever it is i want to have yeah. but just surrendering all that to jesus because in the end exactly. the, the end of the day we get him and he's worth all of it so exactly well, thank you doc <laughs> well thanks elian it's always a joy it's always yes. a joy just uh, 
unfolding scripture and just challenging each other, each other and challenging myself. It really is. So thanks a lot. All right. We'll see you guys next time for our second episode of the series. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Table podcast. We pray that these conversations are a blessing for anyone seeking to know who Jesus is and for those seeking to know him even more.